0: Yeah, no, it's awesome because this is another episode of 95 Goes to Fantasia. Uh, we watched two movies last night in theaters, as opposed to watching the screeners. Uh, we both watched the documentary about VHS film called Rewind. This, and then you headed off to the, the Imperial.
1: Yep, the Bobcat Goldthwait Bigfoot thriller, Willow Creek.
0: Right. And uh, just before we get going real quick, I also watched The Dirties, and I mean, I just need to echo it, that it was completely amazing and super awesome, So so far, a front-runner for my favorite movie this year. Absolutely. Possibly my favorite movie I've seen this year, like Fantasia or otherwise. So, more love for The Dirties. Sure. Uh, Moving on to rewind this, because we already did talk about The Dirties in a previous episode. Moving on to rewind this, so this is a documentary uh, tracing the, I guess, history of... VHS films and how they uh, came to be made and it sort of covers the whole gamut of um, the
1: distribution of movies getting
0: put to VHS, the VHS versus beta war that happened focus a little more
1: on the early era very cool. much like the building of the VHS empire. Well,
0: yeah, but also, but then it moved on. Like it also moved into like the nineties and stuff like that, where people started to film on VHS, where they started mm-hmm. to make like movies on VHS. They they talk to all kinds of people, uh, like the people that run the Ale House in Austin, and the people that run uh, CineFamily. Family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also obviously talk about like the the current state of VHS, which is like zany collectors who are trying to find these movies that like only exist on VHS. I thought this film was a documentary, I and mean, it's not really. Well, it film. was a documentary. It is a documentary, yeah. but I'm saying it's also a film. But it's not a like, a, it's not a piece of art in the same way that it's a piece of information. I find sure documentaries. I mean, they could be artfully still, good. still powerfully entertaining. So, super, super entertaining. Yeah. Uh, super good and like a little bit like kind of thought provoking. I thought also that we saw it at Fantasia because it, without VHS, would we even
1: be? At Fantasia, sort of thing. Would you have a world of shitty movies? Yeah, exactly. Are, like, cause yeah. like
0: Fantasia was basically founded upon like watching like these Asian kung fu flicks and like weird animes and like these weird over the top gory films that wouldn't necessarily get released mm-hmm. and big screens otherwise. And I was like, st- the whole entire time I was sitting there thinking, being like, would we even have this festival if it wasn't for VHS tapes? And interviews were great. The interviews were absolutely great. Fef.
1: Like the cast of characters, the random wacky people they found who based their life around VHS yeah. cassettes right now, they were like a nonstop entertainment and informative. These were all educated. Yeah, exactly. Like, I,
0: it was sort of one of those things that, I mean, we, uh, growing up in a world of VHS. Uh, well, to- barring a couple. They were not all educated. But anyway. was that? No, no, no. I'm just saying us. Sorry. Us. Yes. Like John and Keith. John Keith growing up in a world of VHS availability, like, certainly I took for granted as a kid that the fact that I could go and track down these horror movies on VHS or these sci-fi movies or whatever and get them. And I was like, wait a second. My parents' generation, if they heard about a movie, they'd be like, well, you see it in the theater or you don't see it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, that's so weird. Because I was like, now we just take it for granted that, I mean, you can, A, obviously probably get the DVD and, B, you could almost definitely find it online streaming or Easily. or yeah. otherwise. Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really, really fun, and I think that if you're any kind of a fan of um, a lot of how a lot of these cult classic genre films came to be, like they had the Full Moon guys on who did the... Uh, the puppet master series that is like yeah. borderline unwatchable like by today's standards but I remember watching I was both a kid. being men who watched them as adults yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I remember watching them as a kid also and like as a kid I was just like I could recognize that they were crap but it was like a zany movie about puppets killing people so yeah. I was like I'm still gonna watch this <laughs>
1: like that, that was in the segment of the film where they were talking about the like the the Everything is equal in the world of VHS. Puppet Master, which was made for like $50,000, is occupies the same shelf space as Terminator, which was made for $100 million or $90 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both there, and as long as the cover of one of them is more catchy than the other, you're yeah. going to rent that movie. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, yeah, but, but and that's the thing is, like, they even talked, they had the
0: Everything is Terrible guy on as well. Yeah. And he was just talking about how, even like, uh, it, I, it was almost the, like, I, I think, I mean again historically I wasn't around in the 70s but I mean they talk about how it replaced the the drive-in movie as like the place to go to watch bad movies was the VHS film. Yeah. And as a as a into person who's into bad films I was like part of it was that you was bad and like you were like okay I'm going to sit down and watch this terrible movie with my buddies we're going to have a pizza and we're going to just hang out and watch this garbage Yep. and uh, I would thoroughly recommend this film to basically anybody who is into uh, like films like a little bit off the beaten path and hard to find films or whatever to find out Not how. just
1: that if you're curious about like the history of cinema in general this is like a piece of it. Right. I guess it was in- it was entertaining it's much, enough.
0: Much more focused on, I think, the the B stuff and like the the out the out of the box well, stuff, or whatever. Like they talk a yeah. little bit about how the main studios like missed the boat on distribution, which was like a big boon for the the indie the, everything, the indie everything, like yeah. all those indie films who were just sort of like, wait, we can just put stuff on VHS. Yeah. And the studios didn't really catch on until a little bit later, so there was like a big boom initially of VHS. But I mean, like, the heart and soul of this movie is about. So it was hard to find movies and those like those horror films or those like exploitation films or yeah whatever else that got distributed exclusively on VHS and then also the process of the fact that filming on VHS was cheap and so then it allowed people to make these movies that didn't look so great but were still movies,
1: well, right? I agree with you about the topic, but I think it was strong enough that if you're just into documentaries or just want to learn more about VHS tapes, this was entertaining enough to like carry it through. I don't think it was. Was it? Yeah. I I really think that a big part of it was because it was talking about movies that we were like, yeah, basket
0: case, and like, yeah, crappy blood and gore. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. If I were just like a regular documentary, I'd be like, wow, congratulations, you invented a medium that made shitty movies. If I was just a regular documentary watcher, I'd be like, thanks for that movie. Well, that's me. I'm just saying. On that one. All right. Cool. It was entertaining, and the interviews were very yeah. good. Yeah, A lot of fun. Yeah. Like, super funny, and and had, a, obviously, a great home at Fantasia. Now, oh, yeah. you went to uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's film, uh, Wolf Creek, which is... Willow Creek. Willow Wolf Creek. Creek. is a different Wolf Creek. Movie. Wolf Creek is <laughs> in Australia. I've said Wolf Creek, like, ten times in this podcast, too. <laughs> Not this episode, but, like, in previous episodes. <laughs> Willow Creek, which... Yeah. The buzz around this, you were in, you were like, yeah, "I'm tired," and I was like, "Please go see this because I would like to go see the Dirties." The buzz around this film was Bobcat Goldthwait directs like a movie about Bigfoot, but it's scary and fucking amazing. So, well, which seems like a ridiculous premise, and the fact that you're like, "Wait, a movie about?" So Bobcat Goldthwaite from yes. you might know from Police Academy too, directed a film <laughs> about Sasquatch yes. attacking some kids, but the end result is not like zany or wonky. It's like fucking super. So, scary and awesome
1: the the obvious comparison is to um blair witch project because it's this is a found footage it's the two of them the two main characters are filming themselves doing a documentary about the sasquatch mm-hmm. the bigfoot mm-hmm. going to where i don't know if you remember seeing like as a kid that grainy footage of the the sasquatch walking along yeah, like it's the, like the, the photo of the Bigfoot. the photo of bigfoot right? right so they they go to where that thing that's a, like a very famous yeti spot I didn't know this. There's a whole city that has like a little tiny tourism thing about no, yeah, sure it does. And he showed up there and he filmed a lot of these people, sort of giving them the tone that he's doing a documentary. When in fact he was doing this this thriller. Yeah. And so anyway, it's very much like the Blair Witch Project, only with yetis and with these two characters, uh, rather than the three. And here's here's where they differ, is that the characters in this film are absolutely approachable, believable, well fleshed out the because the horror is generated by sasquatches which no matter how ridiculous a concept and impossible they are you could still be they're like more plausible than a witch <laughs> <laughs> you know like <laughs> i suppose dark sorcerous I mean, like, we powers don't, we don't
0: even really know if there was even a witch in Brother Witch, right it was just like it was like an otherworldly
1: force i don't you never see nothing okay whatever sasquatches are more believable to me than magic powers across okay. the board so fair uh, the, the horror that was in this movie was spectacularly done. I thought it was really, really, really good. It was not a flawless film. Um, the, the like the weakest point was that I think that they spent a little bit too much time, a little bit too much time with the character development. So like it took a bit of time to get into the actual like them in the woods horror okay. setup. So maybe there was like a, a bit of a pacing issue. Mm-hmm. But regardless, this was a fantastic thriller and the, the top horror film that I've seen at the festival, that's, by far. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and I heard. I mean. I guess this is yeah. We'll
0: say this for, for the spoilers,
1: okay? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> what else uh, do I have to say, man? Like, this is just a like this is if if you are into horror flicks at all, at all, at all, this is like a must see. So, right? This was great. Just
0: uh, just real quick, we we talked about this in the car yeah. last night. How comparing it to like some of the other horrorish stuff that we've seen, how it just it succeeds at having that tension,
1: like oh, totally, just, like complete edge of your seat. Like, so here, here's like one particular scene which we talked about in the Q and A with Bobcat afterwards. Okay, for quite a bit this of time. Is what we're going to talk about Ev- spoilers. No, this is good. Everybody wanted to talk about this scene, so I'm not even going to say what happened. But there's a 19-minute shot. I was even going to save the fact that it was 19 minutes. And I it up.
0: Because if you're watching it for the first
1: time, you're like, "How long is this going to be?" So it's spoiled. See, you spoiled it. Okay. Well, it's already done now. I can't go back. I know. So anyway, it's a super, super long shot that they spend. Like I'm not even gonna say where, but it's incredibly tense and it's one very long shot, yeah. just of the two actors, and like you, th- the tension builds so well because they're not running around, the camera isn't jumping around, they're just stuck in this moment, and it just goes on and on and on. And um, yeah, I, it was it was spectacularly done. The actors were incredible. And um, yeah, I'm very positive about. this. I think, it's,
0: a, I think this. it's an early category for the, the for the nine to fives. Might be like best single. Yeah, shot yeah, yeah. now I we have the battery, have a battery with
1: 10 minutes and now we have uh, Willow, Willow Creek. Creek with 20 and Man. both both being like think about the end of the dirtiest was also a super long shot there was one take that was like very long but
0: I don't think it was only a single camera though
1: yeah you might be right Yeah. anyway whatever so, <laughs> so spoilers Well, do I, do I want to do recommendations oh, I did it oh right recommendations right. You, I recommend you did it. you were
0: like I recommend it to fucking everybody who wants to see a thriller you yeah. said that with those yeah. words fantastic alright <laughs> let's do some spoilers these are the spoilers do we have anything to spoil about? Uh, it, I it, here. This? this is actually something that it is a slight spoiler because okay. it's a topic that I thought that they would touch on. Was it porn? No, they absolutely touched on porn. Well, Co- just like not a lot. They, g- they absolutely did. They, they talked about the ja- they, when they talked about porn. They talked about Japanese, which I think have a bigger handle on they, porn they, than they, we they do. They
1: poked it a teeny tiny bit. It was it, there's a world of porn related info that they that I felt they could have gone into more.
0: Oh yeah, they absolutely could yeah. have. I mean, they, they they sort of summed it up. Uh, with like one of the guys who just quotes, which is like quite simply the distribution mechanism that porn chooses is going to be the dominant distribution mechanism. That's sure. why Blu-ray won. That's why Blu-ray won, and yeah. it's ultimately why VHS won because mm-hmm. porn went to VHS because it was cheaper. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah, but it isn't porn. There is some nudity in the film. Yay. Yeah, whatever. And whatever, it's not porn. Um, it's what I thought was a, to me, a glaring, not glaring. Almost an oversight. In terms of subject, which was the fact that, um, like, when they were talking to the Everything is Terrible guy being like, oh, the internet is basically replacing VHS, and obviously Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's an upgrade because we can get better quality stuff, first of all, on the internet, faster, we don't have to take all these crazy like meandering routes to to get to it like when yeah. they were talking to the um the guy who drives
1: like hours in every direction to yeah, find all yeah. the swap meets yeah. or, or
0: the um the hobo with the shotgun guys yeah. who got their copy of necromantic like fucking confiscated, confiscated by the Canadian because of border his necrophilia <laughs> in yeah but is the part that i was like part of the vhs charm to me uh was running into these films. Like they they showed like Muldoon with like Bert Reynolds yeah. who was just like he's like, ah, just like ended with a gun and an explosion behind it. And he's like, if this happens in the film, it's worth <laughs> fucking the eight like, dollars. It's worth eight dollars. And the part that I find is missing about our jump to the internet, with maybe the exception of Uwe Boll, is those like stars who end up in these zany horrible films because it's like as the budget for films that will attract stars go up the weird independent stuff doesn't have the stars and that line seemed to be a little bit blurrier on vhs hmm. like of like part of those like lovable movies is you're like i can't believe that this guy is in this crap and i think that that might be missing from the internet stage and i was like that might be something that is hmm. kind of gone forever are those like video films that are just like has someone recognizable in it but is complete and utter trash
1: like those in, in a way, it's like the B movie is gone. You have A movies and you have indie movies, and the movies that got like a lower down star that was recognizable into the into all these different shitty little movies. Yeah. Those are the B movies. They don't. Yeah. What do we have that's like that? Who? That's that's what that's your point. I guess yeah. that makes sense. Exactly. That that was like, again. That to me, that's like a, an element that's a little bit missing. Are
0: those like so like like so bad? It's good, but still stars someone completely recognizable. That you're yeah. like, how did this get made? <laughs> So yeah, I felt that that was a little bit of an oversight of being like, when we are talking about the internet, I was like, I find that that's something that we are missing a hmm. little bit right now. But otherwise, yeah, it was, I don't really... The film is obviously a labor of love, and I don't necessarily fully buy the premise that VHS is something to love. Like
1: Yeah, it's something to be nostalgic for, certainly. Yeah, but like, the, like, I don't like, know like, like
0: they were saying, like the collectors and stuff, Like you can't even compare VHS to vinyl because vinyl has no, like they said it straight up in the movie yeah, exa- vinyl is just better quality so there's that argument <laughs> yeah exactly It yeah. just has crappy quality they do a side by side comparison of the same shot with Betamax and it has crappier quality than Betamax yeah just by like, far like ten ste- and Betamax is like ten steps below DVD which yeah. is like a million steps below Brulee there's no reason to watch films on VHS other than a nostalgia factor maybe so. you like the sound of things rewinding <laughs> <laughs> when like the tape gets all fucked up yeah. uh, Willow Creek though I imagine there's some spoilers
1: on this Oh yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, there's not much to spoil about a about a documentary. No, it, it
0: was, I was just gonna say it was like a spoiler and a st- slightly that they a topic that I thought
1: they were gonna get to, but that it, they didn't. Yeah. Okay, so look, Willow Creek. It's two two people. They are filming the documentary about the Yeti, and um, they run. You know what? He never shows the Yeti. That's like big big mod- Mondo spoiler number one. So there's a. They get out into the woods. They hear all kinds of creepy things and sounds. They wake up in the middle of the night in their tent and get, like, harassed. That's, like, the 19-minute shot is them getting noises knocked around the trees and yelping noises and the sounds of a woman going, like, really creepy, cool stuff. And, the, they like I said, the scene was incredible. And then they do get dragged around in the woods, but they kind of set up that there's, like, creepy pot farmers in the middle of Oregon, which there are. Right. Like, apparently Mexican cartels have moved into there and started growing pot there because it's easier to distribute. Cool. it's like uninhabited wilderness all the fuck over, and if somebody walks up to you and is like, don't drive down this road, it's very dangerous for you, it probably is, you know? (laughs) And so that happens in the movie during the, like, building the tension time. Right. And likewise, when they're in the town interviewing people about stories about Bigfoot and whatever, they run into people who are like, don't go in the woods. It's not safe. And they think that it's about the Yetis, but it's also sort of implied that it's about the drugs. Hmm. And, um, and so, like, when the, when the actual breakdown at the end happens and their tent gets busted up to pieces, it's not, like, it's ambiguous as to whether it actually was the Yetis or if it was these drug guys, which I thought was really cool. Like that, Like, it was really smartly done. You don't know... And you do have this, like, one fleeting, horrifying shot of this girl, but it's it could be that it was a girl who went missing, and there's, like, missing person posters that yeah. you expect are going to be, because, she you know, like, the Im- implication is that it's because she was beaten up and kidnapped and raped by yetis. Yeah. But instead, it's like, she probably just got lost in the woods and went crazy, or she got kidnapped by these drug cartels and whatever. Hmm. All in all, man, I, I just expertly shot him. I was so pumped by this. It's so Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat knows? Goldthwait, and this is like in the Q and A afterwards. He was like, "This is uh, my sixth movie." Yeah. So I guess he's like really flung himself into directing. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, no. Like I heard about it, I heard an interview with him previously where it's like, yeah, he's directing a whole bunch yeah. of stuff, always on like shoestring budgets and whatever, because he's yeah. really into creative control and whatever else. So he doesn't. He's like, I'm not even looking to make a studio movie. He's like, I just want to like make want to make some movies and have, have some fun. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I want to make movies that I like. That's good. I don't. I don't like. It was a pretty simple flick, and it just. Set out to do something small, did it really goddamn well, and um, I don't want. There's nothing else to really spoil about it. Cool. Other than that shot, which I'll give a little more detail. It's really just the two of them in their tent with noises going on outside, with the camera perfectly still facing them. Think about as an actor being set up for that like okay we're just gonna run the footage on you you can't ever break character for 20 minutes yeah stuff's gonna happen all around you just roll with it and they're like punching the side of the tent and throwing rocks at it and they're screeching noises all over it. and apparently they they managed to do three takes of this shot hm. one of them the actors both started crying and were like get me out of here why are we doing this in the woods in the middle of the night because they actually did film it in the woods in the huh? middle of nowhere and they actually saw Um, mountain lions and stuff out there so bobcat is like i'm running around out in the woods making these scary noises to scare the actors and i look around and i realize like i'm 50 yards from any other person and we both like we saw two mountain lions earlier today what the hell (laughs) i'm gonna get i'm gonna get like killed and dragged off by a mountain lion and they're gonna think i'm making noises to scare them (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing yeah good times
0: um coming up next coming up next i think i think I'm gonna gr- take a watch of the After School Midnighters with Sophie. Mm-hmm. That zany Japanese animation movie where a skeleton and a m- muscle body like play with kids after school at night. Okay.
1: Japanese? Do you have anything? That you um, read? I really want to catch up on the um the the zo- the zombie buddy movie that I didn't see. The battery? The battery. Yeah, I think I really want to watch that tonight. Okay. Yeah, that'd be pretty useless for the podcast, though. It but. would be, but for me there would be pleasure. I see. Uh,
0: all right. <laughs> <laughs> So, this has been another episode of 9to5 Goes to Fantasia. Follow us on Twitter, at 9to5CC. Go to www.9to5.cc slash Fantasia. And say hi to us at the fest. Nobody has. Actually, that's not true. So,
1: thanks for listening, everybody. All right, bye.
0: Fan of the show and the site in general. uh, Please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9TO5 D-O-T-C-C 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9TO number 5 CC on Twitter. So, uh, and also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, We have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or or go plug yourselves and on fridays we have fine arts with either sophie and scott and uh you know maybe john will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point too you can only hope all right thanks
1: nine to five dot we're not working why should you thanks for listening